0: Buddy, we are back with episode three of Cuckoo with Coco, Friends, Makeup, and the Winter Soldier. So today I have a couple things I would like to do first. First is my shout outs as usual. This week's shout out goes to Rocco for hitting 500 viewers today. He's a very cool dude that streams on Twitch. He had a giveaway today in celebration of his 500th follower. If you're looking to watch some funny rips, And just have an all-around good time. Show him some love and give him a follow at rockbottomttv. Also, check out his Discord, rockbottom, the lowest place on Twitch. Much love, homie, much love. Also, anyone out there looking to promote something, let me know on any one of my social media pages, and I'll be sure to give you a shout. Today we're going to talk about a couple different things and I want to put in some different input from people who have answered my questions on Facebook because I've been posting things on Facebook in the hopes that someone will give me an honest answer. So we're going to start with friendships. Friendships as a kid versus friendships as an adult. During kindergarten and elementary school, you do certain things like with young guys, young kids talking to each other. It's always, hey, did you have chicken pox? I had chicken pox too. Did your mom put that pink stuff on you too and tell you not to touch or scratch it off? I think it was like calamine lotion or something. Yeah, you were always told not to touch it, but it was the most rewarding thing when you actually went and touched it or scraped at it and like a clear line came through. I think that was (laughs) my favorite part. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's calamine lotion. That's the lotion anyway that was used on me when I was a kid and had chicken pox. You know how I got chicken pox? that's a funny story. So I was holding hands. Well, when I was a kid, I went to PS 234. Now, when you did the lines, it was you and another kid standing next to each other in like pairs. So what you had to do was you had to buddy up and hold the hand of the person next to you and raise it up to show you had your buddy. So I got stuck with the kid who had just gotten over chicken pox and just barely gotten over it. So they were back at school, but it was not 100% gone yet, which is funny because now they won't even let kids back into the school for not having a doctor's note, like to make sure you're not contagious. This kid was clearly still contagious and should not have been holding anyone's hand. Also, another thing that you did when you were a kid was you you ate lunch together. So everybody sat next to each other and would compare what was in the brown paper bags they had that day. Was it peanut butter and jelly? Did your family spring for Lunchables? What was it that you had in that brown paper bag? Also, I never understood why that cafeteria was so full all the time. Why were we all cramped up at those rickety metal tables sitting next to each other like that it was always full the lunch line however i never went to because my grandparents who raised me always used to pack my lunch my grandfather used to pack my lunch and get me ready for school sitting next to each other during like the reading circle or whatever was also another way to make friends you sat next to each other and like laughed and giggled because you weren't really paying attention ...to what was happening. I know that for a good portion of circle time, whatever your school used to call it, I I don't remember. It was so, so long ago. I feel like I'm so old trying to remember all this stuff. But you sat at the same seat with the same person all the time because only you guys had your own personal inside jokes... You guys would tell each other jokes or just make a stupid noise and laugh. Some guys still do this. Some guys still make noise and still laugh at fart sounds. Which, you know, the occasional fart sound is funny, but like, chill out. There's more to life than that than just, you know, hearing fart noises. Anyway, playing together at recess was another thing. When you played together at recess, you kind of um, figured out your strengths. You figured out what it was that made you special, I guess. And whether it was being beaned with a red ball during dodgeball or kicking that red ball during kickball or something. You guys all figured out where you were going to be, what clique you were going to fit into, whatever. So middle school and high school was another step up. That's when you really figured out how much of a jerk you were. Because you either were in with the in-kids or you were out with the out-kids who were made fun of and weird and whatever else. You didn't fit the standard, but you didn't fit anyone else's standards either, so you're just kind of there. So people were either in with the cool kids or they weren't. Clicks were formed and many others usually bonded through sports or other extracurricular activities. I played clarinet. In middle school and high school. So I was hanging with the band kids. Hanging out with the band kids. We had a lot of fun in that band room. Mr. Austin was my favorite band teacher of all of them. And that was in high school. He was just so funny and didn't care about anything. Mr. Bennett was also awesome. He was my chorus teacher. Which I didn't really get into chorus until sophomore year. And I think it was only because the person I was dating at the time told me that I should get into it. I guess so that we could be around each other more or whatever. definitely were the, not elite, but like, everybody knew who was a chorus kid. Everybody knew who they were. So I know that everybody knew who I was, but I was not friends with everybody because that's trashy sometimes. And it's really hard to keep up with people in different circles, especially when you didn't hang out during the day or even have the same classes. So what I remember from school, there's also always a group of girls that just didn't like you. What was their problem? They just didn't like you no matter what you did. It didn't make a difference if you tried. I played volleyball with a bunch of girls in high school that just didn't like me. And for whatever reason, anytime I asked them what their problem was, they never told me. So it's still unclear. And I still don't care about those girls. But I did want to mention that they didn't like me. I couldn't even breathe the same air without getting an eye roll. Probably because on Saturdays, I liked having my free time. So I didn't want to go to tournaments on Saturdays. And it wasn't a necessary requirement. But that's also why I quit volleyball. Because the coach decided that he was going to bench me all the time. Because I didn't want to go to tournaments on Saturday. But everybody else got to play. I only really got put in to like serve. And that was it. I served and then served like was positioned in the back. So I was one of the back three chicks to be able to bump, set, or spike. But in the back, you don't really get much action unless it's hit directly to you, so I never understood that either. But I hated the fact that I was always on the bench because this guy wanted me to go to something that I didn't want to do on a Saturday. Who wants to get up on a Saturday at seven o'clock in the morning to get on a bus with a couple of bitches that didn't want to be your friend? No thanks. I'll pass on that for a Saturday. Also, one of the funniest things that I think I've ever thought of or in conjunction with this was how how much Mean Girls kind of plays into high school as well. I mean, it does take place in a high school setting, but let's think about it. Nobody really compares movies to their life until they actually see them and have already gone through the experience. So one of the things that I had to reflect on was the fact that during the movie Mean Girls, Regina George says, "Oh my God, I, the, your skirt is or sweater or whatever is so pretty." Da da da, and then she walks away and she goes, "That's the ugliest effing thing I've ever seen." That right there was catty bitches in high school. That's all they did. That's all they did. You know they smiled in your face and talked about you as soon as you walked away. And it was the funniest thing, too, because I used to be one of those people that did that. I'm not going to lie to you. It was just me by myself, though. It was me talking to myself about it because I always thought it was funny that these girls are always trying to impress everybody and outdo everybody, and they still look terrible sometimes. You can't help that. You look bad. You have a bad day. Oh, well. So... After I went through all all the thinking I could possibly do about how people made friends when they were kids, I had to ask the question, one of the questions I asked this week on Facebook was, how do adults make friends? Because I always wonder now, I have stopped making friends, or maybe I haven't. Or maybe my habits have just changed and I'm just naturally fun and people are just coming on over to the cocoa train or whatever. Let's not be silly about it, but let's be silly about it at the same time. So I posted this question on Facebook. How do adults make friends? Now, one of the ways that I... I Can Totally agree with is they go to bars and they talk about their problems, which I understand that because then there's always that one person at the end of the bar that's like, "Mm mm-hmm, like, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Um, Co-workers was another response that was given. I also had a weird response about meeting strangers in Target. Who does that? That's so funny and random. I kind of like this answer, though. So my friend said, Hi, you work doing what I do. We're friends now. Or find a stranger in Target and talk to them until you have their number. Why? Uh, Why? Why? So, of course, I asked, What do you mean by stranger in Target? And she said, You like milk? I like milk. Instant friends. I don't think it works like that. I think if I was going to approach someone in Target and say something like that? I think someone's calling the police or calling the nearest psychiatric facility to ask why that would be my first approach to someone talking to me. Or there's also another way that people make friends and... and it's becoming a thing now that you know online dating and online friends I think isn't I guess the next step somebody replied that they went uh they met one of their best friends on Bumble BFF and I think that's really brave because you never know what you're gonna get on the internet people are catfishing everybody so it's either guys catfishing girls when they go on dates or it could be a friend catfishing another friend but you won't actually know I don't think that catfishing friends is something anyone would do anyway I don't think we're trying to be attractive to one another just trying to vibe. Um, someone else said something I agree with too, which is we don't make friends. We just complain about not having any until eventually there's one person desperate enough for a friendship that they talk to us. Now that's good too. You complain about not having friends enough that someone else just wants to be your friend just cause. Um, I had another couple silly answers, but I don't know that those I want to share. But anyway, um, so I had a couple origin stories of how I met a couple of friends. Um, one of them would be with, uh, Kelsey and myself. I love my friend Kelsey. She's so funny. Um, We don't talk often, but when we do, it's like it never stopped happening between us. So Kelsey and I met over a mutual hatred of someone else. I shouldn't say hatred because it's a strong word, but if you knew what that person had done to me, then you probably might go with the word hate also, and if we are friends on any social media and you want to ask me how, I have no shame in telling you why I dislike this person. So basically, I went out to a bar called Bobby's. This was years ago. It is now called the Bee Tavern, whatever. I used to hang out there a lot on the weekends with my friends and we used to go and sit there and do two for ones. So we used to get there super early at like nine o'clock. So I was already friends with this girl Kayla and she introduced me to Kelsey And Kelsey was my ex-bestie's baby daddy's girlfriend, if I could explain it in that way. I hope I'm not offending anybody, but... Oh, well, if I am, too bad. So that's how me and her met. We met because we disliked the same person. Because at the time, I didn't like her. And Kelsey didn't like her because of the problems she was causing in the relationship. Which is, you know, um, a reasonable request. Just be chill and, you know, not get involved in anyone else's problems. But anyway, that's what happened with me and Kelsey. And now we're cool as hell. Couldn't have happened a better way. I've met plenty of people from a dislike of another person or however you want to look at that. Laura and I was a different story. Laura is awesome. I'm hoping to get her on an episode one day so she can sit and talk with me so I'm not just talking to myself even though I know I'm talking to you guys and I love it and it's giving me a lot of opportunities. So Laura and I met working at the Hampton Inn when it was open in Newburgh and this was also years ago. This was back in like 2010 I think. I didn't meet her until 2011 and that was because she came over and became my manager so we started out at the same level position and then she became manager front office manager of my hotel where I worked and it was funny because I didn't like her at first because she was always smiley and happy and bouncy and whatever and I was very like drab and down and blah, blah, blah. but it, so our personalities didn't really work at first but when I got to the only way I got to know her was after she left, no, after I left, oops, I quit. So I was away from her. So that is how we became friends is that I quit and didn't have to deal with her anymore as my boss and moved on with my life. And somehow she moved down the street from my parents. So that's how she and I became friends. We started hanging out a lot at her place and it turned into a beautiful thing. It was beautiful. So now we do Friendsgivings and we swap Christmas gifts and all that, but it's so funny how it turned out that me and her didn't, well, she she liked me, maybe. I didn't like her. Um, I don't like when people are too happy. It makes me suspicious of things. Like, you have to have, like, an off button. There has to be an off button to your mood. You can't just be up all the time. I also met another friend of mine. Don't mind that noise. That's my paper. If you heard it, if you didn't, good. The third person who I think is very special in my life is my friend Alicia. Um, She has had my back on a lot of really hard situations, And she just holds my hand through everything and I know it's going to be okay because I know she has my back and I have hers. And it's kind of like we're um, from Grey's Anatomy, Christina and Meredith with the Twisted Sister thing. We go through our ups and really bad downs and we get through it together. But in any case, me and her met because we had the same friends we used to hang out with. We used to hang out with Lisa and Greg. Um, Greg was more my friend. Than Lisa was at the time, but me and Lisa are now also friends. Um, Alicia and Lisa were friends. So it was kind of like that's how that worked out. But we all got along pretty well, which was really funny. So it turned out that we started to just, we started to drift a little bit and just, it, worked out that me and Alicia drifted towards each other. So we kind of developed this mutual friendship based off of really funny memes and super ratchet things on Twitter. And that's how our friendship blossomed. It's always laughing at something or poking fun at something or discussing really ratchet things, which I love. I love that I have one person that I can go to and discuss ratchet activities. So I also came up with another way of how you can make friends with someone that you've never met before in your life. So think about this. If you go to a bar or if you go to any type of social setting where you're kind of by yourself for a minute at the bar waiting for your drink and you notice someone else is sitting there by themselves, see if there's someone walking by that you can possibly make a really dark humor comment about. I've done this before and only people who have laughed are the only people I keep around. If you have not laughed at it, you've got to pull the stick out of your butt. I have a lot of humor in me, and it goes one way or the other. And if you don't like it, I mean, we don't have to be friends. It's fine. I have enough, <laughs> I really do. Um, not to brag or anything. I don't. I don't need more. But more is good. More is always good. I've realized, though, through time as an adult, you know, that you know, friendships don't always last forever and sometimes you do drift apart. And, but appreciating the memories, the love and the laughter you share, um, kind of, you know, you just have to appreciate that because that's what makes your friendship special, those moments. A very close friend of mine passed away recently. His name was Greg and I've been dealing with it and I'm still dealing with it. We had an amazing decade of friendship and talked about a plethora of things, and he was just a really cool, down-to-earth dude. There was nothing you could ever say to him that would ever come off as a response of, I told you so. It's more of, how would you look at it if you were outside the situation? And I was never able to do it because I was so caught up in my own notions and what was taking place because I never realized that that there was another way of thinking about it. Like there's always people that say, think outside the box. And I always thought that was such a generic thing to say because there's so many things I could be thinking about that have nothing to do with this situation. But makes perfect sense because he flipped the whole situation and it was just so perfect that I I thought that I would make a a right decision, but I still ended up making the wrong one. But I was able to laugh about it because I was like, you told me to do this. I didn't do it. And here we are. So that was the friendship that I had with him. And even though he's not of this earth anymore, he is forever with his friends and family and in his spirit. So I want to also give a shout out to his wife, Lisa, who is keeping a nice head up for her kids and doing whatever's necessary and providing for them. And it's always just so positive and I'm just so proud of her for how she's handling everything. So I just want people to be appreciative of the ones that are there for you and those that go to extraordinary and mundane things with you. Like if they just want to sit in the car with you and talk, let them sit in the car and talk with you because that's special. That's precious. That's something people will hold on to forever. It's not something that happens every day and that's not how we make friends anymore. I know in high school, a lot of people used to like to just drive around and scream all the music ever in whatever tune they wanted to without sounding perfect. Those, those memories hold on to. Those because you won't get those as much when you get older. It's more along the lines of who's left than who am I going to meet next. Support systems well, friends are like your support system, so you need to hold on to those, especially when you're making good and bad decisions. Someone will always be there to tell you, No, it's okay if you do this, regardless of the outcome. Then you have other people who are like, No, I think you should definitely do it this way because this is a terrible idea. I'm one of the people that's both. Surprisingly enough, so you'll tell me a scenario, and I'll ask you, well, which which cocoa do you want today? Do you want the good one or do you want the bad one? Because the bad one's fun, but the good one might help you avoid a disaster. So people that condone the good stuff and the bad stuff are special kind of people. Maybe it's because I'm a Gemini and I have like that split personality, whatever. But I think I'm a good friend, and I hope a lot of other people think so too. But if you don't, like I said. Oh, well. So support systems are important, especially during rough times, especially in support of things you don't need to buy or have in your life. So one of the things Laura and I like to do, or well, I like to do and got Laura into doing is looking at makeup. Now, I'm going to preface this by saying I love makeup and whoever says they don't love it is lying. Like dudes say it as a comfort thing to women so that it's not entirely important to them to need to put on to sit around and do nothing, but I do that. I sit around and do nothing with makeup on, and I apologize for that, but I'm a little nuts about that. Laura is not one of those avid makeup person people, excuse me. She's not a person who is avid of makeup. She doesn't need it, but she will apply it if she needs to. If she wants to, I should say, not needs to, because that's that would imply something else. But sometimes I like going to or Sephora and checking things out, Just to see what they have. Just to, you know, innocently go in and peruse the aisles of cosmetics up and down the aisles me and Laura go sometimes. And the only reason why I know Laura wants to go is because she'll mention it. And I know it's because she's run out of that favorite lipstick she has from Styla. It's the only lipstick that I've really ever seen her enjoy because I'm telling you, she really just does not care for makeup. So my other question is for this, my second question of this podcast is, why do we feel the need to test all the lipstick on our wrists or tops of the hands? Like we go all the way up sometimes to the elbow, trying on like testing out different lipsticks. Like what are we doing? What are we trying to prove by doing all this? Like going up and up and up and up. Like why? We end up leaving this place looking like a damn mismatched zebra. Like we're looking for our pair. It's not only even the fact that we tried the lipsticks on on our skin already. It's the fact that we already know that some of these shades don't work and we're swiping it down our skin anyway to prove that it's not gonna work. But we think like a different answer or a different conclusion is gonna come of putting it on our skin, which is so stupid, but it's so satisfying. Like there is a shade of like, a mandarin orange that I just want because I want to be obnoxious with my lipstick, and no orange tones work with my skin tone. And it's so hurtful that I walk in and it's like, ooh, colors of summer or mango or blah, 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 or whatever, or, you know, fire watcher, you know campfire something something with orange in it it just never works for me and I see it on all the models and I'm like this would be so awesome if I could make this work and I can't make it work I can't make it work I can only make like nudes maroons purples I have green ones I got blue ones I have gold ones like those things I can make work and I think that's so annoying to me annoying So, you know, there's two moments that make me feel prouder in my life. And it's when you walk out with, like, three big bags and, like, a person behind you walking with a bag full of makeup. Like, that's my favorite thing. That's one of them. Because you know you got the money, you know your bills are paid, and you know everything's gonna be okay as long as you add a little bit of this to your eyes, a little bit of this to your lips, or whatever, or to highlight your cheekbones. I, by the way, never understood highlighter. Used it once, makes me look shinier than I already am. Because let's be serious, at the end of the day, you're greasy. So I know I'm greasy. I have combination skin. My T-zone is all whacked out. I'm sure women know all about the T-zone. I don't know about dudes. I'm not discounting you. I'm just saying you guys are not as aware of your skin as we are of ours. Also, the second thing I think that amazes me the most is when I can walk out of Ulta or Sephora and I don't buy anything. That's my favorite thing also. I haven't spent a dime. I had self-control and now I have extra money because I didn't buy 18 tubes of lipstick I'm never going to use or 18 little palettes of eyeshadow that I'm never going to get to because let me tell you what, they're collecting all kinds of dust in there. All my makeup's collecting dust. Because I use like the same five products all the time and I act like I need more when I don't actually need more. So that that's just a habit that needs to be broken but I'm sure it won't be broken anytime soon because sometimes when you're in a stressful mood you like to buy things. I know plenty of men and women like to just buy things when they're stressed out. And I also need to say that makeup tutorials are another thing that freak me out because they work so quickly and you can't pause it quickly enough while you're applying the damn stuff to your face. You have to, like, pause it, play, pause play, pause, after every like dab of something or swipe of something else, like they just really need to slow down with these makeup tutorials. Like I need someone to start from, what do I need to buy to match my skin type? Because we're all doing something and it's not anything to do with what we already have. Like some of us will already have makeup that we should just throw out according to these people in these videos. And that's the funniest part of it is because I'm not throwing out anything. I keep everything. I have everything in my bathroom. It doesn't even have its own case. It has its own drawer at this point because I'm buying way too much of it. Also, I am not a pro, so I cannot do acrobatics while I'm applying makeup. I do a basic wing, if that, and go about my day. One side of the wing is usually shorter than the other. Like one eye will have a wing that's shorter than the other. And nobody seems to notice, but I know and it freaks me out that I know that one is shorter than the other, and I'm not bringing my makeup with me to do in these bathrooms that have terrible fluorescent lighting at my place of work. Okay? Also, why do these girls on YouTube assume that us women have all the makeup required to pull off certain looks? This goes back to me leaving Ulta with 18 bags. 18 bags because some girl in a video on YouTube told me that I need this junk. You don't need all that junk. Why are you lying to me? I don't need all that. And you can't exactly go and buy, like, the knockoffs because then you're really messing your skin up, number one. Number two, you're, you're not buying stuff that's going to stay on your face. You're buying stuff that's going to wash away the first time you laugh and a tear rolls out of your eye. Like the makeup is just going to smear with it and you have an extra line of makeup on your face. Like that just does not work. So it's either smudging off or it's fading away because you're guaranteed that you're wearing this makeup while you're going out to party or to dance or whatever it is you're doing with your girlfriends. But you're just trying to have a good time and it's just not working because... The makeup's all over your face and in your eye and you're blind and now, you know, you're falling over the side into the Hudson. Because where I like to go, there's a, uh, I go to Billy Joe's and they have, they're right on the Hudson River. So anytime now, if someone was to dance up, dance up to the beat, dance up, dance up, ah, makeup in your eye. All right, I'm going to walk it off, walk it off, blink, blink, and over the side. Anyway, so nobody, (laughs) I'm sure that's not going to happen. Sure, it's not going to happen. But if it does, I'm so sorry. I hope you didn't take any of that or take any notes from this podcast because it's just all over the place. Um, So these makeup tutorials, going back to that, nobody sits around bored. Like, what makeup am I going to apply to sit around my apartment today? Like, watching these tutorials, you're definitely going out. You're going out. Because unless it's something funny and satirical, making fun of makeup tutorials, you're not applying this makeup to sit around and do nothing. So if you say you're going to sit around and do nothing, you may be a serial killer. Now, I do basic eyeliner when I sit at home, so I'm definitely not a killer. I'm not a murderer. I think that's crazy. Please don't think I'm going to kill anybody. Also, why is it so expensive? For the good stuff, anyway. Makeup is minimum $15 per item if it's the good stuff if you're not going cheap if you're trying to use what these girls use in these tutorials it it's minimum 15 16 bucks trust me i've looked okay i've looked at it the lipsticks i like i think are 18 bucks a tube and they're not even that big they're it's not even but you're not even applying that much so it's it's getting used just very slowly so it lasts a while so nobody has money for all of that nobody has all that money I think it's strange to be charging that much, but who knows what actually goes into these things. I really don't do product reviews or anything, so that's not my thing. So I also can't even remember the last time I bought makeup because I buy things and I half use them. So there's little half bottles of things everywhere in my bathroom. Like I used Ipsy bag and that was it. And they kept sending me too much. It was too frequent. You can't send me that many items in a month and think I'm going to be ready for new things in a new bag. Like, I don't know who is using everything they get from that Ipsy bag and is like, oh man, I can't wait till my next bag shows up. No, nobody's doing that. Because truth be told, you're not done using it. And further truth be told, you probably bought some more stuff in between those two bags because you've got no self-control. I, on the other hand, have stopped buying makeup until I use what I have. So I'm learning. Some of this makeup works way too well. That's another thing that I think is just a whole other story. You're making your products work too well. They last too long I feel like and I don't feel like taking a paint chipper to my face to get it off. Like you have to scrape down like scrape off the first layer of skin to get that makeup off your face. Why when I get out of the shower do I look like Bucky Barnes from Captain America The Winter Soldier? If you remember what that character looks like from that movie, his eye makeup consisted of black smudge around his eyes and some some of it, I guess, went down onto his cheeks, if I could say that. So that's how it looked. It was black smudge all over the eyes and down the cheek a little. The makeup is just too strong, okay? I don't use a primer anywhere but my eyelids, so that may be why the eyeliner, the wing, is not coming off, but anyway. The liquid liner just doesn't, it doesn't want to cut him off my skin, come off my skin with plain old water. So I have to step out of it looking like I'm ready to suit up and go toe-to-toe with Cap. I don't want to fight Captain America because I believe he will beat the crap out of me. I think that's where we're at with that. I'm too human. He's too superhuman. He's like close to what, a hundred years old? Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that's about it. Spoiler. How sad was it in this movie when Cap called him Bucky and he didn't know who he was talking about. That hurt me a little bit. I was like, oh, when I saw it in the movie, I just couldn't get over that. I just was like his whole friendship was erased from memory because he was tortured and experimented on. And he was there for Cap when nobody else was, when he was a tiny little nothing. And He grew up and got big because of that whole serum they gave him. And it was so strange. I was like, no, they took Bucky. (laughs) I felt so bad. I was like, no way. But if you don't know what Bucky looks like in the Winter Soldier, Google it. And the eye makeup is so similar, I think I could have just told him to run water on his face after applying eyeliner. That's how dead on the makeup is. This could also be a Halloween costume because all I'd have to do is shower my makeup off. But it doesn't come off if that's you remember what I said earlier, but yeah, so Sebastian Stan over here getting out the shower, not thrilled that my makeup won't come off. So I hope Captain America don't hear this and think I want to fight him. I don't, but I think that that movie was good. That movie was something. It wasn't the greatest one I'd seen of the all, of all the Avengers movies or Marvel movies, which I am watching in order of how they happen in the universe, not by release date. So I'm trying to get with the timeline. And if you ever have any free time, you should probably try doing that. I'm up to Guardians of the Galaxy. The second one, I think, is the next one I'm going to watch. But yeah, so friendships are important. Makeup is semi-important. Makeup tutorials not important. Just... If you want to put it on your face, put it on your face however you feel comfortable. I didn't start messing with makeup till I was about 19. I was very late in life with that. I know a lot of the high school girls now look like they're 27. The makeup is working way too well. I need you to fix your formulas or something because I do not want to continuously look like Sebastian Stan or a raccoon for that matter or a lead singer from Kiss. Just just fix it. Just fix my makeup, Okay. And I know what you're saying. I know what you're thinking. You want to know why I don't use the makeup remover wipe before I get in the shower. I feel like I would then have to still use it outside the shower. Like, I don't feel like, I don't know, I'm weird. I feel like I need to, like, wipe off the first layer first with water and soap and then use the wipe afterwards to solidify the fact that I'm trying to get it off my face. Anyway, so that's my little rant for today. I hope you guys all enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun talking with you guys. I'm having a lot of fun doing these things. And like I said before, only you guys can really help me make this big. And I'm trying to work on things. I'm trying to get the editing right. And I appreciate everything you guys do for me as far as promoting me, as far as networking with me. Like I said before, if you guys want a shout out, please, please please do not hesitate to ask. I'm all for it. Also, um, you guys are wonderful. Um, thank you for listening to me, whether it's in the morning, the afternoon, the evening. We're gonna have a great day and let's get it going. And I'll see you guys next time for episode four. Hopefully it'll be a girls' night episode and we'll get Laura to talk and be silly with me. Have a good night, guys. Good day, good morning. Like I said before, whenever you're listening to this, this is a great time because you're spending it with I'm